0: Bill Conti, this week's guest on Reliving My Youth with Noel Fulberman.
1: Welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Pulkin. This week's guest is Bill Conti, the amazing film composer of the Rocky movies, minus Rocky 4, the Karate Kid movies. He won an Academy Award for The Right Stuff. He did For Your Eyes Only, one of the James Bond movies. And he was the musical director of the Oscars an incredible 19 times. That's a record. We get into all of that, we get into his TV work his playful feud with Julia Roberts from the Oscars, and the differences between his TV work and television work. And helping me relive my youth today is the one and only Bill Conti. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: It's my pleasure, Noel.
1: Yeah. So, how many people really go to uh, college on a bassoon scholarship?
0: Well, the people who know that there are so many people going for scholarships on piano and violin, that the advice of your orchestra leader in high school uh, says, if you played the double reed instruments, you'd have a better chance of getting a scholarship. So my senior year of high school, I uh, studied the bassoon, and uh, in fact, did get that scholarship. Got three, as a matter of fact.
1: And that was at uh, LSU, right?
0: Yeah, I, I was offered one at the University of Miami, where I was living at the time, and uh, in the University of Indiana and Louisiana State. And of course, uh, being staying in Miami was just staying at home. It snowed in Indiana, and uh, I ended up going to Louisiana State.
1: So where did uh, that take you after college?
0: Well, I met, first of all, I met my wife there, so the, we had been married about 52 years. She was... Uh, at Louisiana, a girl from Baton Rouge. And then I wanted to get a master's degree uh, or further my education, and I went on to Juilliard uh, after that. And then a teacher at Juilliard uh, was going to be the in residence at the American Academy in Rome, Italy, and said, why don't you come to Rome? And I did. At this point I was married. Uh, with that Baton Rouge girl. And then at the end of the summer, when everyone was going back, I said, well, I I don't see why I should go back. This is a beautiful place to be. And stayed there, and I had two daughters born in uh, Rome. And uh, in 1973 came to Los Angeles, uh, just actually on a whim, and ended up never leaving Los Angeles now.
1: Is that when you uh, got involved with Rocky?
0: Well, the, the story begins in Venice. I was asked to be music supervisor on an American movie called Bloom in Love. The director was Paul Mazursky, and um, I was the Italian music supervisor, and I met Paul, who invited me come back to the states or at least come visit i came and visited in 1973 in 1974 he offered me harry and tonto which was a movie starring art carney and i did that movie and the film editor on harry and tonto went to do a little movie called rocky and um with another director john Avildsen, and uh, they asked me to do the music. So that was, Rocky was 1976.
1: So now you, you're involved in the movie. What were some of the biggest challenges working on that movie?
0: Well, first of all, we had to do it in three weeks, which is uh, maybe not the biggest challenge. Um, but it did have a time schedule. And uh, it had a, a, a budget of $25,000 package deal, which means to the composer... Pay for the uh, recording, the engineers, the musicians, the copying, uh, so that you would only get the money that was uh, left over after scoring the film. So I used uh, 39 musicians, and we had one three-hour session, and uh, without projection, and uh, I get to
1: keep whatever was left. Hmm. Now, when, So you didn't see uh, the rough cut of the movie while you were
0: composing? Well, you see the, yes, you'll see okay. the rough cut. When I, there was no projection, meaning uh, you saw the rough cut, you took your timings to the fine cut, you went home, you wrote the music, uh, but when you went into the studio, on a normally budgeted movie, you would have projection and while you were recording the music, you would be seeing the film projected and you and could discuss it with the, the uh, director and make the kind of changes uh, that everyone thought was necessary. But it, being a package deal, I could save money by not having the projection because in those days the projection uh, was uh, uh, in real time. In other words, if you ran a scene that was a two or three minute scene, you uh, took you the two or three minutes, and then it took the two or three minutes to roll the screen the film backwards, uh, the, all, just eating up time, and you would never finish the session in uh, in enough time. You would end up maybe needing two sessions. The session is three hours, uh, so that you could conceivably uh, make no money at all on the uh, project. Yeah.
1: Now, was there anything that uh, you had to fight to keep into the movie? Uh, No. Um, The
0: movie was... uh, There was an interesting scenario in the mixing of the movie. Uh, Sylvester's brother had written a song for the montage moment when Rocky was training. And um, they... Uh, put it up against mine, and we're going to make a decision as to which one to use during the training. and And uh, they decided to use mine, so that was close. That came close. Oh, maybe maybe it wasn't close. I don't know. Uh, maybe they just played it uh, because they felt uh, obligated to play it, or they wanted to see it against the film, and they did. and um, and they chose mine, which was fine.
1: Right Now, uh, there's an interesting story how, like, Gonna Fly Now came about. It was mainly with help from your wife to get the chorus, correct?
0: Well, she, she was working, and uh, the, the Gonna Fly Now was a, a training montage in the 10th reel, and uh, John, the director, had asked for maybe a minute and a half's worth of music it's easier to cut music, uh, cut film to music, because the, the music has a certain rhythm, and in the cutting of the film, uh, it, it might make it easier. Sometimes, if you cut the film first and you have to fit the music, that rhythm of the cutting will influence the music. But he asked for a minute and a half. And then, after a minute and a half of his training, he asked for another 30 seconds. Then another 30 seconds. So it kind of pooped itself out to be about three minutes worth of music. And uh, using up most of the footage that he had shot of, of uh, slide training. Uh, and then the director says, well, can't we just say something about his training? Like he's getting stronger now. And uh, Yeah, I guess we can. Uh, he's the director. He can get anything he wants. So we had lyricists working on other pieces of music in the movie uh, for, for lyrics. So we brought in the girls who were writing the lyrics, and they supplied us with some lyrics for uh, what was now going to be called going to Fly Now, instead of the training montage and, and the tent reel. And my wife was working in an office, um, and I, I called her, and I said, yeah, do you have anybody in there that knows how to sing? And she says, I'll ask around. And I said, well, if you can come over on a lunch break, we're going to add some lyrics to this song, to this training montage. And uh, they did. And it all you know, worked out.
1: Yeah. Did you ever imagine that you'd have a number one song on the Billboard charts?
0: Well, no one actually uh, knew what they had, including the producers and the uh, director and Sly and... Everyone worked really hard on the project, and uh, at the very first screening, we didn't know, really didn't have a clue about how the audience was going to react. So the very first time uh, that it was screened, there was in the last row, there was the producers, the director, myself, uh, Sylvester. Uh, and we weren't there from the very beginning, because we were mixing the last reels. We kind of came in at the end, or we came in actually in the ninth reel, and um, we hadn't judged, couldn't judge the audience. We didn't know what they were feeling until there came the tenth reel and the training montage, and people just jumped up and down, and, and the only people seated in the back was the uh, producer, director, myself, Sly, tra- the uh, the dubbing crew that had been working on it were just uh, we're as shocked as uh, anyone to know that wow, this was really effective. We 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 you always try to do a good job. You don't you don't know that doesn't mean people are going to like it because you've worked equally hard on other projects where they people have not responded exactly like it. So the shorter answer is no. We didn't know
1: that it was going to be that uh, successful at all. No. Yeah, so now it was, you know, the picture was nominated, I think, for three awards. You got nominated as well. And that year, it was the first time you were a musical director of the Oscars. How how surreal was that night for you?
0: Well, the uh, producer of the show was William Friedkin. Okay. He was the director of The Exorcist, a right. big-time director. And all he knew was he wanted the guy that did the Rocky movie. So that didn't mean you knew how to conduct a live television show, but I had a a meeting in his office over at Universal, and he said, can you do this show? And I said, yeah, I can do this show. And uh, even though uh, it was going to be unique in the sense that I'd never done that show before, I could talk to Henry Mancini, who had done the show before, I could talk to Johnny Williams, who had done the show before, and they kind of filled me in on what to watch out for. And uh, But that other short answer is no, it was very nerve-wracking. It was crazy. It was just crazy.
1: Right. Now, um, you you the year you won for The Right Stuff, were you the musical director that year?
0: No, I, I was conductor of the Academy Awards show 19 times.
1: Well, that's a record, and right? Uh, hmm.
0: And I was nominated three times. Uh, and the only time, well, when I won, I was sitting in the audience for the first time.
1: Okay. Now, they, um, they didn't play you off. They gave you time to talk, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, knowing that if I talked too long, they'd play me off. Or I'd have played myself off. Uh, I didn't talk too long, no. I, I just uh, did what I was
1: supposed to do, and I went back and sat with my wife. Right, And you had a little uh, playful feud a couple years later with uh, Julia Roberts, right?
0: <laughs> well, you know, they know too. They, there's, a, there's a thing called a, a, a nominations luncheon. So all of these nominees come to the luncheon and, and there's a big speech. And the big speech is given by the producer of the show where he tells you, you have 45 seconds. There will be a yellow light telling you that we're going to put on a red light, and then when you see the red light, then we're going to call for the music, and the music's going to play, and then we will close down your microphone, (laughs) and then you will be played off. So they all know this, and the night when Julia did her number was, I played off. Now, I I don't make those decisions, so the best supporting... Actor or actress is like first, or used to be first, to hold the attention of the, the uh, audience. So the best supporting actor or actress was going on a bit, and the producer calls in my headphones, play them off. <laughs> so Julia is sitting in the first row because all the pretty people <laughs> are to sit in the first row. Well, the first row is right in front of the orchestra where I'm standing. I'm standing right next to those people in the first row, and the orchestra's below me. So when I start playing the music, there is this gasp in the first row. They're like, how could you do this? Like, you're playing off one of our stars. They don't mind you playing off a of sound man, right. or, or the effects guy, or someone that no one ever heard of. But this is a star. You can't do that. Everyone is shocked. So that by the time when she got hers, she was really loaded for bears. There was no way someone was going to play But, you know, that's not very smart. She should have known that she was not going to get played off. You can't play off the best actor, the best actress. I mean, you know, people really want to see them on the screen. They don't want to see uh, the best sound man on the <laughs> screen. Thanking his second-grade teacher, I mean, you doesn't work. So, yes. She uh, she did that. She actually did it twice. She did it another time. She sent me some uh, either flowers or candy the next day, saying that I would—she was uh, so excited that, that she uh, had to say that, and I don't know what she said. <laughs> It was Sylvie because then, then the next time she called me Tom Conti right. who happens to be uh, an actor a really good actor <laughs> she didn't even get the name right the second time
1: <laughs> but you referred to you as Stickman right? <laughs> Stickman for sure yeah Yeah. so when uh, you had the sequel to Rocky I'm sure your uh, budget was a little bit bigger
0: well it was a little embarrassing it was huge uh, after you had the hit the um you don't have a budget anymore, or well, you probably do, but you can ask for anything. And then, then uh, all those orchestras after, the first one was uh, really big. And, and the alarming thing for me was uh, the same music, or you got to do the same music. And I didn't quite get that. Right. That was the only time that uh, Sly and I and the producers had words. I didn't see why I had to do the same music. Why don't I... Why can't I write new music for it? And uh, it was only after I did the James Bond movie. I did a Bond movie, For Your Eyes Only, and I forget what year. I I did a Rocky II first, and then I did the James Bond. And when the producer of the Bond picture said, Bill, I hope you don't mind playing James's theme when he goes into action. Well, I understood that perfectly. If James Bond is going to go into action, dun, dun 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 I got to play that theme. Right. So I got it, and then I didn't realize I didn't equate well. If, if Rocky's going to train, he's got to train to that same tune. And um, I mean, I was wrong, of course. I, I got it on the James Bond. So in subsequent years, I just didn't have a problem. Just did it different ways, you know. I used kids in, in Rocky Three. I think a whole bunch of kids. Uh, it always was different,
1: right. so um is that why you didn 't do rocky four
0: no i didn't do Rocky four because I wasn't asked really uh, yeah. uh, i don't have a lifetime uh, contract with any of this type of stuff, right, so I did Rocky one, two, three, then we fought over two we didn 't fight over three uh but it, it these fights were not monumental. Right. It was just a matter of like trying to talk them into using uh, different music. I, I I understood by Rocky Three. I had no problems with that. And then they used someone else in Rocky Four. And then I did Five and Six. And then they did someone else in Seven. So I don't I don't have a lifetime uh, contract. Right. <laughs> but they used the same music. You know. They, once again, they they. The little themes that got connected with rocky uh I don't know did they I didn't see four so well wow, okay they, they probably did the same training montage
1: though yeah they um no they they totally different different music,
0: so that wasn't in there, okay, yeah, that' well, well, see they went away from it uh, themselves
1: yeah yeah definitely they they used uh Couple different training montage songs and a lot of you know commercial music in the movie as well. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 So now he's—I uh, don't know if he's directing Creed two, but maybe they'll ask you for that one.
0: Oh, you know, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. Um, they get to do whatever they want right. to do. Uh, I I—I I did. Don't forget what I did was forty years ago. Right. <laughs> so you could uh, you're allowed to do other things they're allowed to do other things It's okay with me
1: right now another uh franchise you you've done the karate kid um you got involved with that because of uh, John
0: yeah John uh, went on to do uh karate kids and um uh, that was fun once again uh the sequels. I mean, you know he's going to fight, you know he's going to win. I mean, it's all all about how how it's done, you know, whether you can tell a story and keep it interesting. And um, I think I used the same themes in that. I'm not really sure, but it it always felt like the Karate Kid. You know, it had to have the same musical environment. Uh, I used a pan pipe player called Zamfir in the very first one. Right. Um, he was a unique uh, sounding uh, player, very good, good instrumentalist. And then, uh, then I probably sampled him, you know, probably stole his sound. <laughs> and then he probably got mad. And then <laughs> I probably called him back again. I don't remember the details, but once you had the hook, and and it, it it doesn't matter. In other words, what matters is 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 the movie a hit? Because you don't get to do sequels unless the movie's a hit. Right. You go see Superman, you do uh, any of the Star Wars things where you go to hang the same music generally, and then sometimes they go away from it. You don't have to have, uh, uh, what's the other one? Not just Star Wars, but. Uh, Star Trek? Star Trek, yeah. I mean, that had the old-fashioned theme. Sometimes they bring it back, sometimes they don't bring it back, I mean.
1: Now, was there, like, one movie that you worked on you were very proud of your score, but the movie just was not very good?
0: Oh, there's probably a few of those. Mm-hmm. That's, that's always the way that goes. Um, I think that uh, a film called... I liked Gloria a lot. It was uh, directed by John Cassavetes, and his wife, Jenna Rollins, who was the star. I liked the music. I liked the music, too. Um... Was, it was originally called Blood In, Blood Out, but it was a uh, big-time director. who's the director of Ray?
1: Oh, and, uh, yeah, the Jamie Foxx one, I can't remember. Uh, I just forgot his name. But he did this thing,
0: Bound for Honor, Bound by Glory, Plot for Honor, something like that. I like that. I like the music with that. it's a lot of music in there, too. Um uh, Yeah, that happens. Like, you do music, you think you do a good job. And and that's what it's all about. You do your best. Uh, You're supposed to have a level of proficiency that uh, you're always supposed to be pretty good. You can't be iffy. You can't say, well, I did a bad job on this, and this one was okay. But you can get fond of uh, some of the music and realize some of the other music was done well, but you weren't just as fond of it. I mean, there's a whole pile of music out there that I've done that uh, it was, that I like, and there's some that I go, that "I don't even remember." Right. <laughs> so thousands of uh, I've heard music from the north and south, which was a, a many series a long time ago. Yeah. Uh, but it was done. I, I did it so fast in such a blur uh, that I don't, I don't remember half the. Of music I wrote for it, but to some of it was pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was a uh, Taylor Hackford who directed. Taylor it. Hackford,
0: yeah, and he's a great director. He's a great director. No one went to see that movie.
1: No, yeah, he did huh? Officer and Gentleman.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, he did. He's
1: a real director. Yeah, he it, is really good. Yeah, I totally forgot who it was. Um, now, hey, Taylor. yeah, now you did. I, speaking of movie that kind of wasn't so great, where your music was was really good was Masters of Universe. Well, Masters of <laughs> right. Well, that's a cartoon, right? That's yeah. A car- that's a cartoon. I
0: don't even know if it was a good or bad kind of cartoon, but it was wall-to-wall music. It was just wall-to-wall. And it was recorded in Berlin, I think. I didn't even go. Right. Yeah. Because there was just some kind of a strike here. Or Who knows? Yeah.
1: And it was. those are one of the, the, the canon movies, right? You're <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. There's a good documentary about the, the, the brothers or the cousins or something like that.
0: Yeah, whoever
1: yeah. they were. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was interesting. They
0: were Israelis who, who uh, were making movies uh, in those days.
1: Yeah. yeah. Now, I just want to turn to TV. Like you, you mentioned North and South, but you, you did great work on Calvin and Lacy, Dynasty. I remember watching Dynasty with my mother when I was younger all the time. Um, what's like the biggest difference between doing TV
0: and doing movies? Well, there's an, uh, now not anymore, but back in those days the the very first glimmer of what the show was going to be about was in the main title, and and you got to do the flavor because there'd be a pilot, and uh, nobody knew what it was. I mean, they didn't begin by being series; they begin by being a pilot. And if the pilot went, then the network would order twelve or twenty six or whatever, twenty two, whatever they did. So you had about a minute to a minute and a half to get the flavor right, the flavor of Dynasty, the flavor of Falcon Crest, and then a guy, Bonnie Rosenzweig, was the producer of Cagney and Lacey, and he said to me, we follow a comedy, and I don't want to advertise that it's a cop show. So, in other words, the theme for Cagney and Lacey came out the way it did, not because of anything other than, he says, you got to keep in mind that I'm following a cop show. I'm following a comedy, so I'm, all those people watching the comedy, I want to keep. So, you, so the music should be, like, reflective of this comedy that we're following and don't advertise that it's a cop show. So it seemed like almost a sitcom. is a little bit more aggressive, the music's in a sitcom. But, but, but all those little psychological factors... Now they go into it. Now sometimes when it fails, it doesn't work, meaning the show doesn't work, and you know the story isn't as meaningful. But uh, Dynasty was called the first script was called Oil, and it was like not in, evocative of very much. It was called Oil. The network didn't like the name of it, and, and they changed it to Dynasty. And they says, you know, it's rich people. Let, I want to know about the rich and famous. And then, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, Robin Leach came to me because he heard that theme, he heard hmm. that music in a movie that I did for George Papard hmm. uh, In other words, that Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous theme was in another movie, and he says, I want to use it to for, for my TV show, which was like, I thought that was great. Go right ahead. He didn't need my permission. I mean, he certainly had to do whatever legally was possible. But all of a sudden, this was the uh, theme of a show called Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. So it it kind of backed in and I heard it in a movie that you never heard of. (laughs) Uh, And and, and it it came to life. I didn't go out and write a, a theme for it. Lifestyles, he just picked this up, this album, about this movie I did. I can't, I can't even remember the name of. It, it was starring George Lucas, and George directed it. Uh, so the, the the difference is this immediacy. You, you got a, it's not once upon a time i was going to tell you a story. So that's the beginning of a movie, where you can. The the, the the main title doesn't really have to tell you very much. It can actually mislead you. Uh, but in a television show, you want to know. It's, it's branding, right? Yeah. Identity can be right in the theme. Now, today, well, for what I've noticed, is let's get to the TV show right, right away. There might be 15, 20 seconds of a main title I'm not a big TV watcher but I know that they don't have a minute and a half uh, no. Yeah, not,
1: title. not anymore No,
0: I'm saying and, and it could be very atmospheric and just uh, maybe some spooky sound. something that is branding something that will let you know like this is your favorite show it's coming on now and it's about this and and it's just shortened to the, the life of a, of a commercial like a 15 second uh, commercial.
1: Yeah. The uh, movie was Five Days from Home.
0: Five Days from Home. Good for you.
1: Yeah. 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 I, I have Wikipedia up so I, I can't oh, take yeah. too much credit.
0: That, 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 <laughs> I would do this now. I could Google most stuff or Wikipedia in it. Um, it's a, w- a wonderful way to have everything at your fingertips. I mean, I use it every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Everybody does. I mean, you your walking around with your phone. I, you have the answers to anything you want to know.
1: <laughs> yeah, right exactly. Are you work, You working on anything now?
0: Uh, no, I'm uh, uh, happy to say that uh, um, I, I'm not looking for any kind of work. My wife is not well. Oh, I'm sorry. And I uh, take care of her. She has professional help, too. But uh, I stopped going on the road. I'm not going to go concertizing anymore. I don't, I don't want to be away from her and I, at this point I don't really need to uh, someone called me to do a a television show a clip show a clip show is the show they make up obviously from clips and things like that right that uh, I don't I don't regard it as challenging anymore so
1: right alright well Bill thank you so much for doing this I really appreciate it i you all be well yeah you too take care
0: okay bye bye
1: Special thanks to Bill Conti for joining us today. Best wishes to him and his wife. Now that Stallone is confirmed to Direct Creed 2, you never know. Bill might be working on that movie. You can follow me on Twitter at TheFirstNoah19. Be sure to like the page of Living My Youth on Facebook. Also, be sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. Keep those reviews coming. Special thanks to everyone listening. I can't do it without you guys. And be on the lookout for the next episode of Reliving My Youth real soon.